0: What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Joseph War Podcast and the JV Podcast Network. Another solo show, the third one in a row, three straight weeks. You're going to have to listen to me. I'm sorry, but we're going to get back into the swing of things. I'm finally back, settled in in Arizona. I'm back in my regular studio. Now, don't get too excited. I'm not that fancy. It's just my bedroom in my apartment. But either way, I call it my studio because, you know, why not? Make it Make it fun. Make it sound more official. But On this episode, like I already mentioned, another solo show, I'm going to quickly talk about the Browns. They just hired the new head coach, Kevin Stefanski. I'm going to talk about that. Also in there, I'm going to mention the college football national championship game, LSU and Clemson, and then the main event, yes, week two of the most dramatic Bachelor recap. I'm going to talk about last night's episode. I'm recording this on Tuesday morning. I watched the football game last night, watched the Cavs game. Uh, At the same time, and then I waited and got up early this morning to watch The Bachelor, and I have all my notes here in front of me, and I'm going to recap that for you guys. So, all of that coming up right now on this episode, but first, enjoy this nice, smooth jazz. 16 Sundays in Hell Offseason edition, the Cleveland Browns have made through, have gone through what they wanted, a thorough head coaching search. And a lot of us who wanted Mike McCarthy or Josh McDaniels thought that maybe this thorough search taking so long, you know, do the Browns have their guy? They obviously didn't have their guy right away. Obviously, it took them a while. They went through a lot of different interviews. They took their time through this. So that is one thing the Browns said that they were going to do. The other thing that... Seem to be very vocal from the Haslams, the ownership there with the Browns, that they wanted alignment. They've been chasing alignment. It's been eluding them. Pretty much everything good, everything positive has eluded the Cleveland Browns since their comeback. Just since the dawn of time. Well, not since the dawn of time. The Browns have had some very good years. But since the dawn of time in my generation of watching football, watching Cleveland Browns football, just anything good happening, anything bouncing our way, any breaks, anything has not worked out for the Cleveland Browns since I started watching. But it seems like the Browns are moving in the right direction. Kevin Stefanski, who I believe 19 games is the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know if he's the guy. But the Browns, it seems to be that they are doing what they said they were going to do. At least so far. At least on paper. They're chasing alignment. Kevin Stefanski, a year ago, was the runner-up to Freddie Kitchens. And I don't want to hear all the stuff. You know, the Browns hired the guy who was runner-up to Freddie Kitchens. Now they hired him as the head coach. You, why are we hiring a guy that lost out to Freddie Kitchens? Well, I don't think that Stefanski lost out to Freddie Kitchens because maybe he wasn't ready or he wasn't more impressive, but ultimately it came down to a vote. There were five people, De Podesta, who was running the coaching search this time, wanted Stefanski last year. But he was outvoted by Dorsey. Dorsey was Kitchens' guy. Or Kitchens was Dorsey's guy. That's who Dorsey wanted. It was three votes to two. That kind of came out um, in the public there. So, Freddie Kitchens was the coach last year. So, I don't want, I'm don't. i not going to get you know, held up on things like that. Like, oh, we're hiring the guy that lost out to Freddie Kitchens. I really don't believe that. I think it was more the decision makers rather than what Stefanski did in uh, his interview versus Freddie Kitchens. So, I'm not worried about that. Uh, The Browns have also requested permission to interview Andrew Berry, who is currently with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's the vice president of football operations. Andrew Berry has been the name linked to Kevin Stefanski this whole time. The Browns are going after their head coach and then getting their GM. They want alignment. So all along, so far, Barry has been the guy that has been attached to the Stefanski ticket. Think about it, a president and vice president. They're rolling together. Stefanski's the head guy, and he's got his running mate. In this case, it'll be Andrew Barry. So the Browns, hopefully they can get that. Because regardless of what you think of these guys, whether you believe in it, Whether you're just gonna wait and see how it plays out, and you're not gonna listen to people like me talking about it and speculating, I'm kind of in that tone. I tweeted out some clown emojis when the Browns made this hire. I thought McCarthy would have been a safe choice. I really liked McDaniel's, the Cleveland ties, Uh, but obviously, people probably you probably weren't gonna give Josh McDaniel's the job because he basically was calling the people who were interviewing him. He was basically calling for their job. He wanted to make sweeping at least this is what was said, sweeping changes throughout the organization. So people that, you know, he could have been requesting like, hey, Deep DePodesta, I know you're running this interview now, but you hire me as head coach. I think your time might be limited here, or at least a lot of the people that you hire, work for you, whatever it may be, they're going to be gone. I want a complete clean sweep. I want a fresh start here. So I understand maybe why they went uh, went away from McDaniels there uh, for reasons like that. But Kevin Stefanski. We'll see. There's alignment there. The Browns took their time, and you know we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. Like I already mentioned, I was tweeting out clown emojis. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing ever. This is ridiculous, and I hope to be proved wrong. I'm setting up some reverse psychology here. Hopefully, it works. It usually doesn't when it comes to the Browns, but maybe it will this time. I'm not sure, but at least for now, on paper, it looks that it looks like and appears that the Browns are doing. What they said they would do a thorough coaching search. It seems that they've done that. They at least took the amount of time compared to some other teams to where it would seem like they did a thorough coaching search. They want to find alignment. Stefanski, that's D Podesta's guy. Andrew Barry, that's the name that's been linked. To Kevin Stefanski. Hopefully they can bring him in. Also some names around there. I'm not going to speculate too much into this. This could all be speculation right now, but Wade Phillips is available as defensive coordinator. He got let go from the Rams. He's had a lot of success in this league. And ever since he's been a defensive coordinator, his defenses are always, always seem to be ranked in the top 10. And a guy that kind of Stefanski kind of comes from, comes from that system, that learning tree, Gary Kubiak. Maybe could come in as the offensive coordinator. Who knows? But at least there, those would be some good names. There would be some alignment there. We'll just have to see what happens. The Browns will, I truly believe deep down, find a way to screw this up. Or, or it just won't go how we want it to. But that's why we're Browns fans. And that's what happens. We're used to it. And it's unfortunate. But whatever. That's just kind of the way she goes sometimes. So sticking with football. That's enough of the Browns. Uh, national Championship game last night. lsu clemson I, I knew the Tigers were gonna I knew the Tigers were gonna win. It's my dad joke for the week. Because they're both Tigers, LSU Tigers, Clemson Tigers. Whatever. So Joe Burrow, Ohio guy, legend, beast, has so much swag, so much drip. This guy oozes confidence. I mean, he that whole LSU team is just rolling right now. And then Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, two extremely very, very good. QBs, it, it would be between them, since two is hurt, if Trevor Lawrence was draft eligible, it would be it would be between him and Burrow to be the number one pick to go to Cincinnati, um, and like I mentioned, busy night, national championship game, Cavs game, in LA playing the Lakers, and then the Bachelor, just awesome, awesome night of TV viewing for me, uh, Kirk Herbstreet was calling this game. I thought it was so cool for him. He's the former OSU quarterback, has been doing game day, calling college football games for ESPN for years. He has two sons on Clemson. And I think I, that just has to be such a cool moment. They don't play or anything, but just to see them be a part of this and he gets to call the game, that just has to be like the coolest thing ever. I'm a big fan of Herb Street. Very unbiased, and I think he's very intelligent. I really like listening to him when he's on the call. Um Early on, you know, this game was high scoring, but I thought, especially early on, that the offenses were so good, it made the defense defenses look bad at times, but the game, excuse me, I had to goodness, excuse me, um, but at times, the game was really physical, and there were times that the defense was in position, and the offenses were just better, and LSU ended up pulling away at the end, they win this thing. So happy for Coach O, so happy for LSU. The Pardon My Take guys had me on the LSU train last year. These last two years, I've watched every single LSU game, and it's been just so awesome to follow them, and the Joe Burrow story is just terrific. He was a good player last year, but they really took it to the stratosphere this year with his play, obviously winning the Heisman Trophy, 15-0, national champions. It's a picture-perfect year. You can't have a much better year than that. He goes from a guy who on draft boards wasn't on draft boards with the scouts and the insiders. He was going to be, you know, maybe like a sixth or seventh rounder, a guy that, you know, would would go undrafted. And now he's going to be the number one pick. 99% chance he's going to be the number one pick. Just an incredible story. LSU made some plays at the end of the first half. They scored a touchdown. Incredible call in the QB draw. Burrow does a great job getting out of bounds. They score on the very next play. LSU with momentum 28-17. to And they get the ball to start the second half. But Clemson, they came out and did what they needed to do. They got a big stop. And then they marched down the field for a touchdown and two-point conversion. Then all of a sudden, it's 28-25. But LSU all night, even when they were down 10, even when they were down double digits in the first half, they never flinched. Burrow talked about in his post-game presser, um, still on the field before they got the trophy, that they never flinched. They were confident in what they were going to do. They stuck to their plan, and they end up pulling away. They end up doing what they did all season long. No one could stop this LSU football team. That's what's going to be said. It's going to be the Joe Burrow, Coach O story, and it's going to be for 15 games, no one was able to stop the LSU Tigers offense, which usually, you know, LSU, you think about some of the classic LSU Alabama games, that 9-6 to game, low-scoring defensive battles, you know, game managers at the quarterback position, great athletes, but not never really had the ball distributor, never had the quarterback, the playmaker like Joe Burrow, but they did this year, and it was incredible. Credit to Coach O, because he's the guy who has evolved over the year, over the years. You you would look at him and you listen to him and you would think he's this stubborn guy. You know, we're gonna we're gonna run the ball, we're gonna be old school, but. They brought in a new offense. He surrounded himself with great coaches and great people. And I don't see anyone being the LSU coach for a long, long time, probably until he retires and steps away from it. So once again, congrats to LSU. Congrats to Joe Burrow, the notable Ohioan Matthew Vadova fan. Couldn't be more happy for Joe Burrow, Coach o, and the LSU Tigers. So that's my little football recap. We're going to transition real quick, and let's talk about week two of The Bachelor. All right, let's do this. The Bachelor Week 2, the most dramatic Bachelor recaps out there. Before I jump into this episode, let's go over, let's go back to last week's Power Rankings. These were in no particular order. From now on, I am going to be going in particular order, so be be sure to stick around because I will wrap this up with my Power Rankings after Week 2. But last week's, Hannah Ann, Victoria P., Kelly Madison with Hannah B. on the outside looking in. These... I'm telling you what, you want to stick around because these rankings get changed up a little bit. There's a lot that happened in this episode. So let's start. It starts to where we kind of left off last week. Peter and Hannah B. They're talking. Peter's kind of comforting her. And I mean, I just just don't like that Hannah B. is there. It's not fair to the other girls. She missed her shot. Peter was her number three. She was single. Peter didn't reach out. He didn't reach out. She didn't reach out to him. She missed her shot. But Peter obviously still has feelings. And I didn't like this because, like I said, the girls are pissed. They're concerned. And rightfully so. And as a result, remember, they're on a group date at this point. Hannah B is supposed to be kind of the running the topic here of this group date. They're supposed to talk about their like a sexual story and they're bringing in a live studio audience, all that stuff. But it gets canceled because of all this drama. And that's not fair to the girls. And I think that's so huge, especially at this early stage. Now, some girls that were on this group date are going to be okay. They've already made their impression. They're going to get a rose. But some of the girls who got invited on this group date, who we haven't seen much of, who Peter hasn't seen much of or heard of, that's big for them. This is a big miss out for them. So they kind of have a lesser event. They just basically have a glorified... Uh, cocktail party with all the girls that were going to be on the group date Uh, and then sydney at this point gets the rose she shares some things with peter so sydney gets the rose here and then now we go we transition into the full group cocktail party there's some drama there's girls calling out other girls for stealing time with peter Uh, And and I love this. When this comes up, they all answer the same way. They're like, okay, yeah, uh, I hear you. I get that and I respect that. If someone says that to me, I'm going to see red. I'm going to be so pissed. Like, oh, do you hear me? Do you get that? Do you respect that? That would drive me absolutely nuts. But I love it. It's such great television. They all answer it the same way and it's amazing. And honestly, in the heat of the moment, I would probably say the same exact thing. But if you're on the other end of it, you just want to just just attack. You just want to pounce. Um, Kelsey, she has, she brought, she got this champagne bottle for her birthday. She was keeping it for a special occasion to share it with someone special. So she brought it with her and and she had this whole thing set up by the fireplace so that her and Peter could share it. And then she's talking to the other girls at this point, just waiting on her time to go grab Peter. At this point, Peter's with Hannah Ann. Hannah Ann and Peter are wandering around, they're talking, and then they see this setup the champagne, the fireplace, all this. And they're like, oh, let's sit down here, let's pop open this champagne. So, as Kelsey's talking to all these other girls, they just hear this champagne pop, and her eyes just bug out. She's like, what was that? Tell me, I did not just hear what I thought I did. This was killing me. The girls are just like, oh, sweetie, just calm down. It's probably not your champagne. Those girls are liars. Those girls are bad friends. They are bad people to try to say, to try to put this story in her head that that's not her champagne. You know good goddamn and well that that's her champagne. This This was great. This was tough to watch. Kelsey has a little meltdown here. So obviously Kelsey, excuse me, Kelsey, not Kelly. Kelsey confronts Hannah Ann. She's like, don't play dumb. And Hannah Ann's like, I I didn't know. I didn't know it was your champagne. She's like, bullshit. I didn't know. I swear I didn't know it was your champagne. Bullshit. She just keeps coming at her. She won't even talk to Peter. Peter's like trying to grab her. Like, hey, listen, like she really didn't know. I'm sorry. Like what happened? And she's like, no, like I am not talking to you. I'm not talking to anyone. She's like eluding. She's evading Peter. It's crazy. She won't even talk to him. And I'm not a big fan of Hannah Ann, but I really don't think that she knew that that was her champagne. That that was her setup. And you know what? It came out just right there after that we go and see that she said there was a mix-up. That it wasn't her champagne. There were two different setups. There was a little mix-up with you know whoever, or maybe they just threw that champagne out there at the last second just to avoid World War Four. You know we have World War Three is coming, but this would have been World War Four. Um, and she's still crying, and she truly believes that him, Hannah Ann. Just ruined this for her. Just totally was messing with her and going at her. She's like, she's a snake. I don't like snakes. I don't like her. This is Champagne Gate. This is so great. Make the t-shirts, print the she- t-shirts, brand it all. This is Champagne Gate. Hannah Ann versus Kelsey Champagne Gate. Okay. Um, I want a full-blown investigation here. And I will come in as an outside hire, as an unbiased person. I will come in and conduct this investigation. So the ball is in your court, Chris Harrison. Now we go to the rose ceremony. Hannah Ann obviously gets her rose. The final rose, Kelsey, it looked like she was going home, but Kelsey hangs on. She gets the final rose. I love this. The drama will continue. This rivalry will continue. We now have 19 girls, and it's only going to pick up and heat up from here. Now we, have a date, now we have a date card, another group date. Guess who's on it? Well, it doesn't really matter who's on it. All you need to know that Kelsey and Hannah Ann are both on the date card. It doesn't get too crazy between them uh, during this group date. But nevertheless, they're still there and it's driving Kelsey crazy as Hannah Ann just continues to dominate through this process. They go to Revolve, uh, which is like this... I guess, really high-end store. Uh, they go there to shop. And then they're going to be modeling in this fashion show. There were some designers and run, and like a former, like the first big runway model was there. So they had some people there as a panel and helping them out through the store. Hannah Ann was born for this. You could just see her eyes light up. She was so ready to go for this. And then whoever wins this gets like 40 bags. It could be like, they said like $20,000 plus worth of clothes from Revolve. Um, excuse me. So yeah, this is huge. Hannah Ann is like, this is mine. I I love to be in front of people. Remember, she's the model. I want to be in front of people. I'm going to impress Peter. I'm going to really show what I'm made of here. She's born for this, and of course, she wants all the clothes. She was just like, oh my gosh, it'd be so amazing just to you know have Peter paying attention to me and get all these clothes. Blah blah blah. She, Hannah Ann is born for this. This is her competition to win, uh, and then of course. She comes out in a wedding dress. That's her first thing. She comes out in this wedding dress, takes off the, I don't even know what it's called. She takes something off of the dress, throws it at Peter. And then Victoria F., remember, Victoria F., she has the dry sense of humor. She doesn't really stick out in a big crowd. One-on-one, I think she's great. I think Victoria F. is sexy. I think she's so so beautiful, and she has such a great look, but she doesn't have like a big personality. Like if you really don't pick up on her dry sense of humor, it could go like right over your head. It's like when you're driving through a small town, you know, it's got one light, it's got one little square, you blink, you miss it. That can be Victoria F. And that's not anything against Victoria F. I know people like this. I can be like this at times. And I love people like this. I think they're hilarious. But with in a big group, like this setting for her isn't going to be the best for her to like showcase everything. But Victoria F. With all of that being said, she killed it. She came out of her shell, and this was so amazing. She looked amazing. She mastered the walk, mastered the look. Even the panel, even the the people on the panel were like, "She has such a great look. She's just killing it." And she really was. I was like, Victoria. This was like a new look for Victoria F. It was like Jennifer Aniston and just go with it. When she jumps into the falls and she, you know, is in her bikini and she kind of like reveals her figure and, you know, her whole look and her beauty for the first time. And Adam Sandler, who's with Brooklyn Decker, of all people in the movie, a Sports Illustrated model, he was like, oh, my God. It was like jaw dropping. It was like, oh, okay," Like, it's like a pleasant surprise. And this was Victoria F. She really went out there. And I loved when she walked out. She comes back in much like Kevin Love in the finals when guarding Steph Curry or Will Farrell in that debate in old school where they just killed it, but they blacked out. They're like, what the hell just happened? I just blacked out. Please someone tell me what happened because I blacked out. I literally don't know what just happened. That was so funny. I'm like, yes, go Victoria F. She's killing it right now. Um, and then she brings Peter up, does the little finger wave, brings him up there, kills, gets him with the kiss. She's the first one to do it, the only one to do it. Victoria F. is turning to, into a star before our very eyes. She's put me on alert. She's put Peter on alert. She has put the world, the viewers, the fans of The Bachelor, she's put everyone on red alert that she's there to play ball and that she mean, means business. So then next, to decide this whole thing, Mono imano Hannah Ann Victoria F. That's who the panel chose. Mono Imano Hannah Ann Victoria F. Hannah Ann obviously uh, they, they go down the runway together. Hannah Ann just too dominant, she's too comfortable up there. She's willing to do whatever it takes to win. She kind of shows, not I don't want to say shows up, but she definitely drew the most attention to herself up there. She edges out Victoria F and Victoria F, she's really struggling. She obviously has some insecurities. She obviously put herself way out there. This is way out of her comfort zone, which I thought is way more impressive than what Hannah Ann did. Not saying what Hannah Ann did was bad or wasn't as good as Victoria F. I thought Hannah Ann in this particular situation was outstanding. But Hannah Ann is much more used to this. She's a model. She's probably been in situations like this before. I don't know if she does runway, but I'm sure she's done pageants or whatever. She's taken a lot of pictures. She wants to be out there in the public eye. Victoria F. is very much not like that. Now, I know you could say, well, she's on The Bachelor. She knew what she was signing up for. You know, everyone knows what The Bachelor is. They don't go on The Bachelor expecting not to be on TV. It's like dating a Kardashian and then being pissed off when you're on a reality show 24 7 and there's cameras everywhere. Like, you know what you signed up for, man or woman, whoever it is. You know what you signed up for. Uh, but yeah, Victoria F., she's really broken. By losing out to Hannah Ann, she has some insecurity. She went from her highest high just to a low here. Um, and then she goes off stage. You can see her. She's struggling. She's crying. And then Victoria and Peter, F., uh, excuse me, Victoria F. and Peter, they're talking. They're one on one. Peter was just like, I was so impressed with you today. You can tell Peter noticed, like, he's so excited. He's he's loving this from Victoria F, but she's still upset. And he's like, okay, Are you okay? What's wrong? And she's like, Nothing. And I didn't like this from Victoria F. Like, listen. Peter's being a good guy here. He's talking to you. He's consoling with you. Just let him do that. Like, I I know you want to bottle things up. I get this, Victoria F. I've been in situations like this before. I feel like we're pretty similar in this way. I can relate to it a little bit. But he's trying to help. You have to let him help you. Otherwise, it's not going to be good. She gives in. A little bit. Um, you know, she says, you know, I don't know if I'm cut out for this, meaning the bachelor, you know, being on TV, public eye, but like I already said, you know what you signed up for. I don't want to, I never want to hear too much of that because and but at the same time, you could even know that, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna be camera on the time ta- all the time. You could be mentally prepared for it, but until it's happening, until it's in the moment, you still could struggle with it. You could still underestimate what it feels like, what it's like to be in that moment. So unless this continues, I'm going to let Victoria F slide here with a pass. I'm, a, I'm team Victoria F. I think she's going to be just fine. And she got the next rose, which made me really, really happy, made her happy. Good for Peter. I'm loving their connection right now. So she gets the rose from the group date. Immediately after, Peter grabs Kelsey to address Champagne Gate, just the whole beef between Hannah Ann and Kelsey, because just not too long before that, Hannah Ann was talking to Peter, expressing how she felt bullied by Kelsey, about how Kelsey called her a bitch, and was bullying her, talking about how she was fake, all these things. And of course, Peter's split, because he gets two different stories. He gets what he got, what I just mentioned, from Hannah Ann, and then he gets a denial from Kelsey, so he's split here. And usually how these things work out, it happens every single season. It happens in Paradise. It happens on The Bachelor. It happens on The Bachelorette. You get two different stories. So that leaves Peter, The Bachelor, in a very, very tough situation. And usually how these things work out is whoever addresses this first, whoever comes forward first in this situation, Hannah Ann, that's usually the way that it goes. That first person sets the narrative Sets the tempo sets everything up here and then when you get to the second person even if they are telling the truth Even if their denial is valid because what the first person said isn't true at all or Some of the things aren't true or it's being blown out of proportion Usually the first person to talk is the one that is safest. That's the one that sticks around So Kelsey is at a disadvantage here Hannah Ann set the narrative And Hannah Ann and Peter, they have a stronger connection. My guess is unless something happens right in front of Peter's face or he gets pretty much all the girls to side with Kelsey or come forward about Hannah Ann and her being fake and a liar and all these things that she was accused of, and some of them might be very true. I'm not sure yet. She is a little snaky. She is a little fake, but right now she's getting the benefit of the doubt because she has a great connection with Peter so far. And one-on-one, she's great. She's great with Peter. So Hannah Ann is the safest right now, especially uh, up against Kelsey. So that's the recap. We had an epic. I love the previews that they do for what's going to happen. They go all the way to the end. There's so many different sound bites, so many different things that we won't see till weeks, weeks down the road in this show. It's terrific. I always love the way that they wrap up the episodes. So before I wrap up this recap, let's go over my power rankings. Hope you guys stuck around for this. I told you it was going to be fun. They changed around a lot in my eyes. Um, and then these are this is in a particular order. From now on, I'm going to do my best to be in a particular order from here on out. As you know, as I get more comfortable and more familiar with how things are going, I'll be able to give uh, you know rank these in order. So number one, Hannah Ann. Number two, Madison. We didn't see a ton from her, but they still have a great connection. I like Madison at number two. We didn't see a ton from Kelly, but remember. They know each other. There's that comfortability. That's, there's that familiarity, uh, which will go a long way, especially early on as he's still trying to establish, thing with the, establish things with the other girls. We didn't see a ton from Kelly, but she's still in my top four at number three. Number four, someone that wasn't even on my radar so much last week, I think made a big jump, McKenna. Maybe I'm a little wrong to put her in at number four, but I really like McKenna, the fashion blogger. Pretty sure she's from Canada. I heard some boots in there. So I'm pretty sure that's her. I don't want to get this mixed up. Uh, But I thought him and her had a really good connection and good progression in the relationship. And then on the outside, looking in at 5 and 6, these two are really close. Honestly, you could swap them for each other. The two Victorias, Victoria P, she was in my power rankings last week. We didn't see a ton. We didn't see anything of her uh, this week. So Victoria P and Victoria F, they're they're at 5 and 6. And like I said, Victoria F could be at 5 and Victoria P could be at 6 and vice versa. Um, they're pretty much interchangeable right now, both right there on the outside looking in. So that's this week's episode, guys, Joseph 4 Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed. If you did, Apple, Spotify, or YouTube, wherever you may be listening, please rate five stars, leave a friendly review, subscribe, and turn those notifications on so you never miss an episode. I will talk to you guys next week.